0: This episode of The Chaser Report is brought to you by child workers in the Congo. Without their delicate little hands mining all the world's cobalt, we wouldn't have any of the cheap electronics we'd need to record and distribute this podcast. Thanks, kids!
1: Striving for mediocrity in a world of excellence, this is The Chaser Report.
2: Hello and welcome to The Chaser Report for Monday the 27th of September 2021. Hello, Gabby Bolt.
3: Hello. Hello. How are we going Dom?
2: Oh, I'm so excited because not only are we getting nuclear-powered submarines, it turns out we're getting drones. Gabby, we're getting um unmanned or unpersoned drones.
3: Of course, of course we are. It's like just because we need those in this country. We're under th- we're under threat.
2: We're under threat, such threat. And oh. look, Alex has been taking a look at this story. Hey, Alexa.
0: Hey, hey, it's an incredibly exciting story. I mean, When AUKUS first came around a week ago I thought that was the last we're going to be hearing of it Like the quad, like all these other buzzwords But it's really the gift that keeps on giving We're going to be able to kill people so much better than we used to It's going to be amazing Look, to be honest, I'm I'm not not too keen about any of this I think Australia's in a perfect position to kind of sit back And let everyone else duke it out But if we're already committed to it I'm glad that we can make some money and get some jobs out of it You know (laughs) Build some drones. I think we could build all sorts of stuff. For Do you her. reckon
3: you met any of these people who are doing this at the arms expo you went oh, to? Oh, yes. If you haven't seen that stunt, go and look
2: at it. I bet it was it had some sort of a prototype there.
3: <laughs> you might have inspired some of these drones, Alex. So.
0: <laughs> I definitely I definitely told the guy at Boeing, I'm like, look, if you want to make drones, I hear Toowoomba is the perfect <laughs> place. And I haven't gotten any, any royalties from that. They just kind of ran with my idea.
2: Is it just a place where if there's a – look, just quietly, if there's a strike back on Australia – yeah, we can stand to lose Toowoomba. Do you think that's the calculation?
3: Hey, 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 that's not on, all right? There are several places we could strike before Toowoomba. <laughs> Where? Uh, I've got a few. Oh, I don't know. Orange? <laughs> What's your beef? with? Oh, you're from
2: Bathurst. That's what
0: that yeah. is. That's a Bathurst orange beef. It's a, just a, it's a long-running beef.
3: rivalry, yeah. But, you know, if there is no orange, then we're the best one. Are we?
0: I think we can Um, all agree that there's a wealth of superfluous towns in Australia that we can get rid of. There's no need to compete.
2: I mean, we're building the subs in Adelaide. Why don't we make the? Why don't we do the drones there and make that the? So they've just got one target.
0: I think Adelaide's a a perfect hub for Air Force equipment for other reasons, though, because it's also the meth capital of Australia. It is. The US military has been giving meth to pilots for a a very long time. So, I'm thinking, you know, why not just do it all in the one place, all in Adelaide where the meth is? Yeah. Streamline the supply chain. That's what I'm after.
3: Make it, sell it, use (laughs) it, all in the one area.
0: But what do we know about these drones, Alex?
2: So, what are some of the... I mean, I assume they're not pizza delivery drones. Are they actually flying death machines?
0: Yeah, I think think they're a bit closer to death than pizza, but... I mean, I wouldn't blame you for for not realizing because the name of the program is called the the loyal wingman. Um, the loyal wingman. It's a bit, yeah. It, it doesn't make a lot Are of you sense. Serious? I mean, I know that we're kind of like buddying up to the US and and doing what they say, but it kind of sounds like we're trying to have sex All with right, China. I've
2: got the Air Force um, website here, Alexa, and just looking at what you're saying. It says that they're going to make sure that Australia's legal and ethical obligations are met. Now, when has that ever happened with drones? Is this a new idea? <laughs>
3: no, that's easy because we don't have any legal or ethical obligations.
2: Very easy to meet them. i tell you what, it says also that um, it's the first military combat aircraft to be designed, engineered and manufactured in Australia in more than 50 years. i tell you what, I'm glad we're not putting people in these things. They're not going to not
0: crash. Wait, we were making drones 50 years ago?
2: What, <laughs> were they, what were the planes we were making 50 years ago for the military? Stop with camels or something.
0: I think it's those, those planes that we lost fighting all the emus.
2: <laughs> Actually, you know what? With these drones, those emus, we're finally going to win the war. <laughs> we're
3: finally going to win it. In
2: today's episode, Chris Taylor is going to help Australia make peace with France.
3: Ooh, je m'appelle friends. Um, no, but all <laughs> that and more after this with Rebecca De Unamuno in the Chaser newsroom.
1: Prime Minister Scott Morrison announced that the tectonic plates that caused this week's earthquake will be joining the Federal Cabinet, after showing great ability at being shifty. Experts believe the plates will work well with the Federal Government due to their mutual interest in destroying Melbourne. Victorians have received some modest freedoms after achieving high vaccination rates, with outdoor training in small groups soon to be allowed. The move comes too late for the Western Bulldogs, however, with the team wishing they'd scheduled any training whatsoever before being thrashed by Melbourne in the AFL Grand Final. Celebrity couple Elon Musk and Grimes have publicly announced that they are semi-separated, whatever that means. Grimes said she had been feeling that their relationship was on autopilot and that as the autopilot was from Tesla, it had crashed into a wall. Musk said that while he's disappointed, he has enjoyed breaking up another union. That's the latest from the Chaser Report. I'm Rebecca De Unamuno and I'm incredibly relieved I'm not called ex-Ash A12 Musk.
0: This episode is brought to you by the one adult supervisor that keeps all the cobalt mining children in line. If you thought being locked down with your unruly kids was hard, imagine being stuck in a third world mine shaft with hundreds of them and trying to force them to mine cobalt. No, thank you. It is time to catch up with Chris Taylor. Hello, Chris. Hello.
4: You guys it's lovely to catch up.
2: We're good. How is anyone in London? You- <laughs> this sounds like an old coward play. It's terribly civil, isn't
4: it? <laughs> it's lovely to catch up. And have you got your cucumber sandwiches? I've certainly got mine out. <laughs> uh,
3: oh, Charles, the economy. Yes, I,
2: I always can't work out whether to seriously answer the question of how I am, which is fairly miserable a lot of the time. But then that's a conversation derailer. So let's not go down that path. How are you, Chris?
4: <laughs> Look, I'm all right. What is it? I think it's a year four of COVID now. I've sort of lost yeah. count. So I've, mm. I've run out. Of calendars, but I assume we're, I assume we're about halfway. Like There's only four years to go. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's like the Olympics. Yeah, exactly. In fact, isn't that a beautiful thought that we actually agree, like you, you appoint a, a, an equivalent of the IOC, you actually agree <laughs> to have a new pandemic every four years. <laughs> and, and and you can kind of, like countries lobby to be the source of it. <laughs> the epicenter. Well, so, oh, China obviously, you know, got the hosting rights this time. Mm. But, you know, I think Australia, Brisbane, I will surely put their hat in the ring. I reckon I've got a good
2: pathogen in them. Oh, absolutely. They've been brewing them up on the Gold Coast for many, many years. You can't tell (laughs) it's some of those bars at 3am that have Fully toxic things in the bottom of some glasses.
4: You don't need bats. You don't need pangolins in the Gold Coast. Just humans are <laughs> yeah, sufficiently and, and strip clubs. Yeah,
2: that's all you <laughs> yeah. need.
3: Humans, strip clubs and theme parks. Go all in Brisbane. And Queenslanders.
4: Schooly's is basically a Petri dish that is basically like a <laughs> hard lab, isn't it? Like there's, there's enough germs going around the pools at schoolies that I reckon mm. – We've probably had a pandemic but just not known because we're also (laughs) immune in Australia because we're surrounded by schoolies. But if you sent a schoolie overseas, they'd cause bedlam.
3: Schoolies is actually a spy operation by the CSIRO um, (laughs) where the young people believe they're going there to have a great time, get absolutely (laughs) fucked up. But the Centre for Disease Control is going, all right, let's see how this spreads.
2: (laughs) Maybe the tallies are actually just CSIRO inspectors taking swabs.
3: (laughs) I must admit, like
4: on a slightly more serious note, I mean, we've heard a lot about, you know, the victims of COVID, whether mm. they're, you know, at, you know, nursing home residents or just workers, people who are doing homeschooling with kids. We haven't heard much about the toolies, who, <laughs> for two years in a row, have been deprived of their right to, you know, quite problematically hang around young kids as they celebrate finishing year twelve. I mean, is that a, can we run a telethon for them or something?
2: <laughs> Toilethon. <laughs> Toilethon. <laughs> oh, I, what I think is going to happen, that's absolutely true. They are among the many victims. of this. There have been all these consequences we weren't expecting. Like the death toll is actually um, better than usual because we don't have car accidents and flu and stuff like that. So we're actually ahead oh, right. of deaths from COVID. That's,
4: that's the stat we don't see. Like mm. we see the, the daily cases and deaths, but we don't see the relative deaths. Yeah. So, yeah. So. Fewer people. It's true. Want to sort of <laughs> dying in misadventure. Yeah, because we're just not on the roads as much, or not in planes as
2: much. I saw all these stats yeah. about the um the net impact of the death toll, and in many places it's terrible. But in Australia, it's actually a net positive, except for Toolies. Right, except for Toolies, who are doing it very tough. I just worry that um come summer, I think everyone's going to go absolutely insane. And I, I think it's going to be the, the summer of toolies.
4: Well, look, does a toolie totally exist outside of schoolies? Because aren't they just a normal person when schoolies <laughs> are off Just a regular creep? Like, <laughs> yeah, that's
2: probably like, true. <laughs> that's just a normal Gold Coast resident. Yeah,
4: Yeah. (laughs) probably the mayor of the Gold Coast.
3: I reckon in summer we're actually going to see the death toll rise exponentially, not because we're all going to be going out and licking surfaces and spreading COVID, but also joggers have like a whole year of dead bodies to catch up on. Yes. Like no one's running really at the moment. No one's really going out. We're all locked in our houses. And like who's discovering all the random dead bodies in the forest? Yeah, and and what
2: about poo joggers? They've really been...
3: Yeah, down. (laughs) But I'm waiting for the renaissance of the shit jogger. Let's bring it back. <laughs> Locked and fully, fully loaded. Poojaka two, electric boogaloo. Let's bring it all the way back.
4: Well, I'm not. I don't know if I'm different to you guys. Like, because Dom will certainly be able to vouch for this. I'm. I'm not the healthiest person. I'm not. I'm not Mister Fitness. Mm. I. I bizarrely have probably been at my best health during COVID. Because really. Yeah, but like, it never occurs to me to go for a walk, or let alone a jog, normally. But because it's the one hour that we're allowed out a day, oh. I kind of think it would be a waste not to use it. So I, I have been going for walks. So I'm really worried that when the pandemic ends, I'll go back to being a slob. It just stays on my couch the whole time. So I need a fatal pandemic just to keep me on my toes.
2: That's true. And also you've been cut off from, from your fine dining restaurants, Chris. That must be terrible. Yeah. And that must be wonderful for your heart.
4: Well... Well, you kind of cut off from them and you're not. Um, what, what I've learned about the pandemic, and this is actually something I was going to raise with you, is this sort of the, the things I'm dreading. You know, whenever Freedom Day occurs, and you know, sometime in the next decade, I assume, that you know, things will open up again. And I know you think I'm a foodie, yeah. and I love restaurants, but what I've learned yeah. is the only thing I really like about restaurants is the food. And I, I hate everything else about restaurants. And And it's been bliss during the lockdown pandemic because you've still been able to access restaurant food, like either through, you know, the traditional means of Uber Eats and stuff, or your fancier high-end sort of hatted restaurants, you know, are doing these amazing dinner packs and something. So you get all the food of your favourite restaurant. Yeah, the kits. With none of the things I hate. And I'm talking about things like waiters coming up asking you still or sparkling. (laughs) You you don't get that with your home dinner packs. You just – you can just pour water from the tap guilt-free without having to feel bad about asking for tap water. Like, also, I, you know, I sort of hate waiters. I'm going to sound awfully snobbish. Throughout all, just stop me if it ever gets too much. I hate waiters. I know hospitality's done it really, really hard, and I hope they get back on their feet. But I hate waiters who who do turn up and go, "Hi, I'm Cassie. I'll be your server tonight." You know those ones? Yeah. I don't need that. Again, in lockdown, you don't get any of that bullshit with your overeats. You just get the food, and yeah. like and, and like judgmental yes. wine waiters or sommeliers who sort of you know.
3: You know,
4: when you, you, you don't know, no one knows what they're ordering. You just sort of pick something according to price.
3: Oh, look, I can't relate. Yeah, like, so you don't have that anymore.
4: Like, you just go to Dan Murphy's or whatever your, your local is. Buy what you want. No one's judging you. You can even order it in. People bring everything to you now. Oh, yes. So I'm sort of dreading restaurants reopening in a way. Having to, I hate no bookings policies. Everything about restaurants kind of drives me mad except the food.
2: Also, Chris, um, you spent about a decade with everyone you met going, Cracked Pepper? So that reference (laughs) point is probably now dead in people's memories. You might be free of it. (laughs) That is true. The giant, the giant pepper pot industry must be absolutely decimated at this <laughs> point.
4: I, 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 do you know I still get death, death threats from Big Pepper. Like The, <laughs> the industry really isn't happy. They apparently I smeared their name for good and, you know, those grinders just don't shift the way they used to.
0: What a
2: shame. The
4: Chaser Report, now with extra whispers. The other thing I'm really dreading, this might be a bit more relatable for people who aren't aren't accustomed to snobbish
2: sommeliers.
3: I was going to say, while you were talking, I actually had to Google what sommelier was, but (laughs) apart from that, uh, relatable.
2: This is a bit where we're 40, yeah.
3: Oh, it's also I think you have income that's a little bit more stable. I don't think I've ever been to a restaurant where they've asked anything of me.
4: (laughs) (laughs) I reckon you could find 40 year olds with income who don't talk about sommeliers. I think this is just a <laughs> Dominique thing. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> yeah. No, but this one, this is okay. Go with me on this, Gabby. You're, okay. you're of the, you know, socials generation. Yeah, right. What, what I'm really dreading once we're all free and out of lockdown is that first wave of Instagram photos from oh. the first people who go on an overseas holiday. Oh. Can you imagine the smugness? You know, oh, oh, just here at the Amalfi, hashtag freedom or hashtag great to be, you know, elsewhere. Like, oh, I mean, if, if it was me, of course I'd do it, but it won't be me. It'll be a friend of mine. And I'm dreading – it's almost enough to do a Lee sales or a lease Miller and just quit all (laughs) socials so you don't have to see those smoke photos.
2: I mean, I'm thinking of the first trip that I do, I'm just going to head straight to a sommelier and take some selfies. But, no, it's true. Once the travel does open up, um, people are going to be incredibly insufferable but also be like, oh – I've had to qu- home quarantine for a week on the, coming back. I'm really suffering. It's so hard.
4: Ah, uh, but that's that's like the humble brag, isn't it? Yeah, of, of the jet setter mm. going, oh, I'm having to do quarantine. Why? Oh, because I've just been in on the Greek islands for fourteen yeah. weeks. I mean, no, it's awful. The the only thing the, when we do all travel though. And this sort of, <laughs> sorry to bring back my sommelier instincts. <laughs> uh, uh, is that a sommelier instincts? It's a good name for a metal band. Because, uh, you know, it's somebody who likes his wine and a bit of a Francophile, I'm worried because of the complete mess that ScoMo um, and the government made of this submarine deal.
2: Oh, yes.
4: That we're never going to be allowed to travel to France again.
2: We won't be able to show like, our faces on the Côte d'Azur, saddle.
4: saint pay will be without our presence. Um, I mean... But don't you reckon, because it's just like the French, who I love, by the way. Let's not start another war. But, <laughs> like, like if, if there'll be some trade sanctions. There'll be a bit of, you know, hot talk at, you know, UN Security Council meetings. But if they really want to stick it to us, and they should. I'm actually recommending they do this. If they just close their borders, like Paula but close their borders to Australian <laughs> tourists. Then I think it'll really start to hit home about how badly he's bought this up. Yeah,
3: I mean, I've never been to France myself, but I did plan on going at some point before mm. I died, so it's kind of sad.
4: Any time you want to tell Dom and I to check our privilege, <laughs> talking <laughs> about French holidays, sommeliers, just go for it, Gabby. Uh, we-, we deserve it. Oh, yeah,
3: well, actually, while we're here then, I've actually never been overseas. <laughs> right. I, uh, because of ScoMo, I may never find out. When yeah.
4: you get to go to France, Gabby, in 20 years' time, when COVID's <laughs> oh, over... Wait. And ScoMo has finally smoked the peace pipe with Macron. Yeah,
3: I you in the submarine? Yeah, you look. I, I, it's not something I
4: actually agree with. I've always found the French completely lovely, and I'm not oh, just saying yeah. that because my new neighbours are French and they can hear me <laughs> doing this podcast. But, but I, 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 but they are. But but there is a sort of stereotype about the the haughty waiter who mm. you know sticks his nose up to any you know philistine Englishman mm. or Australians. And so it is. There's a, there's a couple of ironies about this. The other irony is that it was always the French who famously were using nuclear power in the Pacific yes. and sort of blowing up atolls. So it is a sort of almost delicious irony, um, <laughs> cassoulet-level delicious. <laughs> that,
3: that's, Michelin that star.
4: It's now, it's now <laughs> nuclear energy that's come back to bite them. But well, then, I, <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't know about you. I, I I do have a huge soft spot for France. I'm also detecting just some genuine racism. Um mm. I, I know I know racism against other white Western countries isn't as fashionable as some other types of racism, but it, it does still exist. I mean, remember after 9-11 and like the Lind Siege Cafe, I think it was, there was the hashtag I'll ride with you there's mm. a lot of people wanted to communicate to Muslims that, you know, not all white people sort of thing. So so I've been doing I'll ride with you to French like people. If I and where I live in Sydney there are quite a lot of French people. There's more than there used to be. La Perouse and Sans Souci, obviously very French names, big French communities there. So I've gone all Je suis Charlie again. Like, <laughs> 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 remember that phrase? <laughs>
3: no, yeah, no that fun little phrase.
4: No one's used that phrase, I think, well, unless you're a French cocaine dealer. No yeah. one's said Je suis Charlie for a long time. And, but I'm starting to bring it back. So I'm proposing on the, on the podcast today we kind of do a reverse boycott. You know, like, I think when they did bomb Miraroa Atoll back in the 90s, was
2: it? 80s, I think, yeah.
4: 80s, 80s. late 80s. It, there was big boycott of I- anything delicious. So I think ham was out, baguettes were out, all of that. I'm proposing a reverse boycott to show the French that we do like them and that this is a ScoMo thing, it's not an Australia thing. So I'm proposing we exclusively... Only use French products. Oh, nice! So I know. Aww. So like, it was. I know it was Grand Final weekend. I think on Saturday. Um, no sausage. No sausage rolls or meat pies at my party. It was just duck liver pate, foie gras, wheels of cheese. Because I think nothing says AFL Grand Final like a wheel of camembert and duck
2: confit. <laughs> <laughs> and for, you can forget your VB and your your, your beer. It's, it's only champagne, surely.
4: Absolutely champagne. It's still in a tinny, but champagne. In a tinny. It's a beautiful merging of our two cultures.
3: You've I'm on their-
2: board. <laughs> Look, I, I think you're right. If we if we adopt more French values, just have some more affairs. More affairs, more gitane and uh, more Cambert, I think we'll we we'll, we'll heal this thing.
3: Yeah.
4: May we. Oui. D'accord. <laughs> Viva la republique.
3: <laughs> Femme les la bouches.
2: <laughs> Thank you, Christopher. Merci.
0: This episode is brought to you by the villagers downstream from the cobalt mine. Their bravery and cavalier response to having their water supply willfully contaminated by toxic industrial runoff means that the electronics we use to listen to this podcast are even cheaper. How good's that? Hey, Gabby and Alex, just
2: before we go, Gabby, I know you hate picnics.
3: Yes. I can't believe this has been brought up for a fifth time now on this podcast.
2: I think we can change your mind because the New South Wales government has just changed the rules. So you can now drink in parks.
3: Wait, hold on. Wait, that was illegal? Yeah. I've been doing doing that the whole time.
0: You never had your drinks poured out?
3: No. But I've just always had my drinks mixed in a water bottle. I just thought we did it for fun. I didn't realise people were doing that for my own safety. I
0: I think that's a privilege of affording see-through drinks. With Goon, (laughs) you can always tell that it's not water.
3: Yeah, And you can't really convince anyone that you're drinking your own piss either. It's just not (laughs) going to go down well with the cops. But, yeah, okay, righto. But hold on, was that... Was that legal pre-COVID?
2: It's only parks managed by an agency I've never heard of with a really stupid name, <laughs> Placemaking New South Wales.
3: I bet if you Google what parks they own, it'll be one park and it'll be whatever the actual park is at Parliament House, you know, that big piece of land out the front, <laughs> and that'll be the park they own. It's all the pollies can get drunk.
2: There's now 10 more par- ten more parks where you can get smashed. So, um,
3: look, this is a good thing. If COVID
2: drags on long enough, you'll just be able to have to, to drink anywhere. That's what we're working towards.
0: Have they done um, tests to see how spreadable COVID is when you're smashed? I feel like alcohol think, would disinfect to some extent.
2: I feel like we should volunteer to perform those tests. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We really appreciate it. it helps us make the
3: podcast. Our gear is from Road Microphones and we're part of the Acast at Creative Network. Catch you tomorrow. Bye.